Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for being with me. Appreciate your time. Um, is a war coming to the Pacific? That is a great question to ask. Why am I saying this? Because there's a lot of signs that that is what the United States is actually putting themselves into. I don't know. I don't think you've heard of this because it's not in the media. And here's what we're going to go through. Because if you see this information for what it is, you can see what uh, is G the U.S. has been doing to combat this. We know for a fact that there's an island in Japan. And <clears throat> the Japanese have actually allowed the U.S. to, well, have their own military. And this island is very, very close to China. But uh, let me let me read a little bit of what Forbes magazines is saying about this. Is the U.S. headed for an all-out war with China? And that's the question. And we're going to go see another piece of information. The point is in that direction. Now, remember the island I told you about? Well, let's... let's Hear this from a news outlet, uh, not from this country, by the way. Ministry began construction of a new base on Magishima, an island in southwestern Japan, on January 12. Ministry staff and construction workers took a boat to the uninhabited island. The base will also be used by the U.S. military for training. Oh, the U.S. is coming, huh? You heard that. The U.S. is coming to this little island, which, by the way, um, they were paying these uh, fishermen not to go to the island. And then in January, they started doing some sort of construction, obviously, for, uh, you know, military bases. By the way, I, like I said before, it's very close to China. What's that all about? What is going on? What are we preparing for? There's one more piece of information you have to know about because it's very interesting how things like this escape the news, a selective news media, of course. And everything's being in secretive. And there's a lot of things that you and I don't know. But the fact is this. We seem to be... Uh, I guess, hide away this information because bringing us to a war, it's a catastrophe. Number one, let's say we do. We do go to war. You know, either the existence of mankind is done or, or we're going to take us back to the eras of where there's no phones and computers and no internet because they will cut the grid and no electricity obviously so what are we to do right especially if you live far away from the water source remember a lot of our a lot of this you know equipment if there's no electricity it dies and your water source is pumped by electric pump if you live in the city. 
and that's not good for us so again i'm going to go back to the third point and let's check this out then, as we reported this week, the Biden administration is laying the groundwork for bringing back the military draft for young men in the United States. That's right. This is not a fantasy. According to the documents from the U.S. Army War College's plan, they predict that the United States will lose 3,600 soldiers per day in casualties when we start fighting China and Russia. And they say we need the draft now because we won't be able to replace those kinds of numbers without it taking 3,600 people per day and throwing them into the meat grinder. They admit this right in black and white, right in their documents, and members of Congress are calling for it. Well, what, what he was talking about is actually comes from the uh, press.armywarcollege.edu, uh, if you'd like to go check it out. And it's on page number six. So, uh, casualty replacements and reconstitution. That's what he was talking about. This information is not um, displayed like the media should be doing their job, and they're not. Well, I think uh, what's driving all this war issue is what uh, China just did. Claims of waters... And usually waters are international. That belongs to everybody, not just one one land. Because it's water, obviously. And it claimed waters. And uh, the new map is very close to Tokyo or Japan, and where there's a lot of islands in there. Then, and it should be, actually, those islands belong to Japan because in the line that follows. But it claimed China... They belong, all that water, all that sea belongs to them. Now, the United States is very upset about it. And here's what the Pentagon has to say. Check it out. Waters and territories it claims as its own. This document, dubbed the Dash 10 line, is the most aggressive one yet. As in previous such exercises, China says most of the South China Sea, a critical international waterway, belongs to it. It's not just maps that are worrisome here. China's overtly aggressive actions in this region continue. Freedom of the seas has been a core U.S. principle for over 200 years. China is challenging that fundamental part of our security foundation. Does this mean that China is pushing for war? Or China is pushing back on the United States? Well, look at what uh, Deputy Defense Secretary Kathleen Hick said. They're kicking, they're kicking a uh, initiative called the Replicator. What does that mean? Well, they're going to hit uh, these drones. It's a, it's a program. They're going to build a bunch of drones, and they want to hit a thousand targets in 24 hours. And these cheap drones are the answer uh, to quickly combat uh, uh, the counter-offense to China, because China makes a lot of boats and they have plenty and the u.s cannot make them fast enough but hey guess what the drones well they can make those and they're cheap and they can hit thousand targets in 24 hours that's great and that's to counterattack what china has and who started the war here what's going on i ask again these are the things that are happening 
and uh, I have not heard much about this. I think it's important to to point it out because uh, not so long if they're getting ready, they're gonna attack. Is this Taiwan thing gonna be the issue, or the waters gonna be the excuse to go in? Um, I do wonder. I do wonder about that. There's too many signs here this week. Um, just out of the blue, the Biden administration suddenly recognizes the sovereignty of two Pacific Islands and said, that's right, we now recognize you as free islands. The Cook Island and the New Islands now, the Biden administration has deemed you to be sovereign nations. Uh, it's kind of like being grounded in, this, in in a way, you know, but, but this is the caveat. Now that you are free, now we can need, you know, because thanks to us, you're free, you can do whatever you want, but in that freedom, we like you to use our your land so that we can have our military bases in your land. But you are sovereign. You are definitely free in exchange of us using your land. That's um, interesting, don't you think? Here's something interesting also. Uh, for example, Taiwan is uh, being said by the United States that they, they, they belong to China, the land. But here, uh, it's where there's mixing signals. They, they're putting a lot of equipment, military equipment from the United States in Taiwan, close by. And China has announced that, hey, do not push us because at any time we can go and take over Taiwan whenever we want. And they definitely can't. And they have the right to do so because that's part of China, but because it's part of their their land, that those islands belong to China. Now, I don't, is this another excuse? These are things that we have to pay attention. And China sends some military boats and planes and in a sign that, you know, hey, we're here. And you better pay attention. We're not moving. So that's why I asked the question, is a war coming to the Pacific? Is this the tipping point? What's happening over there? And I think it is. I think it is so. Uh, sanctions and uh, a lot of these uh, sanctions are being doing it in different ways. Like we're not going to create more chips we're basically not creating or sending more uh, money to build things in china because it's cheap more like we're going to distance ourselves from you the united states is basically making that move especially now the biden administration has put an effort into making things made in america specifically microchips that a lot of technology goes into cars and planes and many of the electronics that we see today 
the day-to-day life as we know it, it needs these microchips and there are many kinds so we can definitely spend most of our uh, time talking about all kinds of chips but that's not the point here the point is is a war coming to the Pacific the signs look like that very so let's pay attention to that now I'm gonna change uh, I'm gonna shift news because what happened yesterday Trump civil fraud trial in New York um, was one of the big big pieces in the media and also uh, today was announced that uh, the Speaker of the House, it's uh, that seat is vacant. Uh, they booted the other Speaker of the House and they want to replace him for a new person, a new Speaker of the House. We'll see who's going to be. But um, let me go back to Trump. Trump actually speaks out after the. Uh, the civil fraud trial, uh, which I think is very political, something that is trying to do to hey, for him to stop going towards the presidency of the United States one more time. And uh, here's what he has to say. McCarthy, who was the Speaker of the House of Representatives on Tuesday, uh, the unprecedented step of ousting the Speaker from office nearly nine months after, again, Kevin McCarthy won the powerful seat of uh, Speaker of the House, uh, now is dramatically kicked out. Uh, the vote was uh, 200 yes to vote him out in, uh, versus 210. And uh, McCarthy is a uh, California Republican. And, you know, one of the, uh, I guess, representatives, they wanted him out because he was not, uh, what the idea was that he wasn't uh, coming true to his promises was Matt Gates, a representative of Florida. 
and let's hear what he has to say about this whole stuff. If not McCarthy, then paralyzed the House of Representatives today. To whose benefit? People have called you a narcissist. People say that is to your benefit alone. Is it to the benefit of you and to Donald Trump? It's the benefit of this country that we have a better Speaker of the House than Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy couldn't keep his word. He made an agreement in January regarding the way Washington would work, and he violated that agreement. We are $33 trillion in debt. We are facing $2.2 trillion annual deficits. We face a de-dollarization globally that will crush Americans, working class Americans. Kevin McCarthy is a feature of the swamp. He has risen to power by collecting special interest money and redistributing that money in exchange for favors. Uh, we are breaking the fever now, and we should elect a speaker who's better. So if not Kevin McCarthy, then who? Then who? You said last night that Steve Scalise was a name that you floated to potentially be speaker. Where do things stand right now? If not McCarthy, then who? Well, uh, you know, the stages of grief, I think, are uh, in progress right now with some of my colleagues. I think there was a stage of denial, and I've certainly experienced a good amount of their anger, and now we appear to be headed toward bargaining. I think the world of Steve Scalise, I think he'd make a phenomenal speaker. I think... Uh... You know, what's happening right now is a big budget that they want to pass. And uh, if Kevin McCarthy would have stayed, then this budget will continue to, you know, fund this unending Ukrainian war that is not really helping the United States in any way, shape, or form. The agenda here is to continue to fund a corrupt country that right now, I don't know if you know this, but right now, has suspended elections. Is he a king to suspend elections? The Ukrainian president, Zelensky? No, he's not a king. He was voted in. And uh, the, it's, if they had supposedly democracy, then they should actually have a elections, like every other country that has an election time. So here, is probably one of the major things that actually kick Kevin McCarthy out of the Speaker House. And that was supposed to be dominated by the Republicans. If they voted a new person, then um, hopefully the new person will be, you know, voting against all of these things that really do not help the United States become better. And again, this is something that we could see and you could probably see whatever you are in the country uh, and wherever you are in the world the united states affects a lot of parts of the world because the dollar is all over and you see countries that are not using the dollar and they're trying to become a one money system under this bricks and that's the problem now I'll leave it there. I thank you so much for listening to me and I'll catch you soon. Bye-bye.